Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we're joined by Dr. Vito Mena, and we're going to be speaking about leaky gut, deficiencies in vitamins and minerals, and how you can help your patients on the OI show. Well, thanks again for joining us. We're joined by Vito Mena, and, and, and it's awesome to have you on the show, my man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so kindly for thinking of me and, and having me on. I can't wait to explore this topic. Yeah. You know, I uh, oftentimes think about you in the financial aspect of the world, but you write and talk and lecture about all different sorts of things. Uh, how do you explore these different areas <laughs> and, and get into them? How is it that you keep tr- uh, in sports fishing? I mean, it's uh, you're all over the place, man. Yeah, so um, the reason I even went into optometry to begin with was because of that small little division of sports vision. It's a small niche, just like dry eye disease or whatever other specialties you want to do. So I was always an athlete growing up, and so I just wanted to take that to another level. And so my my dream is to, it, it's a goal of mine, it may never happen, but my dream was to be the team doctor for the New York Yankees. That was the real dream, you know? And so like, I went to Seton Hall University and um, I, I was able to play with like the baseball team and help out with a little bit of that. And so recently I yeah. got some eye exams for Seton Hall for the baseball team. The goal is to be the team doc for the actual school. Um, but when it comes down to it, it's, it's really sports vision. That was number one for me. Number two, before I even entered optometry school, I went and got my master's degree in microbiology. And so yeah. having that microbiology background. Um, it was kind of cool that I was able to tie it into optometry. And that's the topic we're going to be discussing today. Yeah. And then the, la- and then yeah. the last thing is um, the financial piece is just kind of like with disease, like you can't, it's hard to reverse diabetes and high blood pressure. And then when it comes to finance, if you don't do good things early on, it's going to be hard to retire when you want to, right? Or you might have to yeah. postpone retirement. So all three of them, they're all relatable in a way. I mean, they're all different sides of the spectrum, but they all tie in together. And if you tie them correctly, it just makes a nice little home or it just yeah. puts everything, you know, in perspective. So tell us about your practice. You practice in New Jersey. Tell us what you do uh, clinically. Yeah, so for sure. So the first two years in practice, I actually worked at, the, at a private practice that actually saw the New York Giants, if you can believe that. Um, I left that practice after two years and I work currently at Optical Academy. Uh, so Optical Academy, it's a unique type of practice because it's a brick and mortar. So it's a private practice as well, but it actually has uh, mobile units. And so those mobile units will actually physically go inside a building and we'll do on-site eye exams. Think of it like a mobile pop-up shop in a way, but we actually physically bring the equipment inside of a building. It could be a classroom, a gymnasium, an auditorium, whatever the space they give us. And we're doing eye exams, whether it's for the students in the school, whether it's for teachers, whether it's the community. And so it's really a tripod effect because time is our biggest asset. And so a lot of times is parents are either working or their kids are at school. So we got to get to them where they're, where they're needed. So if we're in the school systems, it. it's a tripod effect because who are the kids attached to? Obviously the parents. And who are the parents attached to? Obviously the grandparents. And so if you can bring that, that follow-up care back into your own practice, it's uh, the practice builder. And it's something that the people will see you doing good for the community and that your name just continues to go around. And so that's kind that. of that, how that practice is operated. And so we're looking for doctors to take that, that model to their own state. Yeah, yeah. So Vito, I, I saw some patients today uh, in clinic, uh, a lot of myopia management, which I, I love talking about on the myopia podcast. 
um, but then quite a bit in the dry eye space. And I uh, saw something that you uh, were posting or, you know, lecturing or writing about recently about the gut and dry eye. And uh, we had Mina Yosefova on our podcast uh, talking about the gut a little bit, but it's just a fascinating topic that we all just want to ignore. We don't want to talk about that with our patients. So I wanted to dig in a little bit with you and have you talk about the correlation and then also, you know, near the end of our, our conversation, talk a little bit about what, what you talk to patients about and how do we, how do we dig into this a little bit more uh, with our dry patients to help them? So can you kind of start off in making this connection between the gut and dry eye for us uh, uh, to get started? Without a doubt. That's awesome. So again, my background as a master's in microbiology, so that's what got me excited about it. And so what happens is that, remember, I talked about sports vision and what's big in sports vision, concussion management. And so the right. gut and the brain are actually tied together. The reason why they're tied together is through the vagus nerve, which is the cranial nerve number 10. It's called the wanderer nerve. And it's the uh -huh. longest, it's the longest nerve that we have in our entire body. So in our brain, we actually have about a hundred billion neurons. But in our gut, yeah. in our bodies, we have trillions of bacterial cells, trillions of them. Right. And so whatever we're eating is pretty much we're feeding our gut bacteria or our gut buddies and whatever you want to call them. And so what happened is whatever we eat, it's not the things that we're eating. It's whatever the thing that we ate has just eaten can cause harm to our body. So Hippocrates, back in the day, the father, he was the, known as the father of modern medicine. What did he say? He says, all diseases stem from the gut. And what are we talking about? Dry eye disease. Not just that, but what about diabetic retinopathy? Any type of mm -hmm. diet, any type of inflammation is due to inflammation happening in the gut. And how did that inflammation yeah. happen? With things that you're eating. But not only that, yeah. it's other things that you could be putting into your body, whether it could be cigarettes or if you're taking antibiotics or NSAIDs, those things can cause havoc or can wreak havoc inside of your body and just mess up a lot of different things. So for example, coming back to dry eye disease, what happens is, is that, let's say, for example, the newest or the hottest topic right now in dry eye disease is Demodex, right? Mm -hmm. And so with Demodex, what is the reason for Demodex happening? Usually it's either due to rosacea, again, inflammation, dryness, and all that stuff. A lot of people don't realize that when somebody or a patient comes into the exam chair, if they have a Chalazian, that 50% of those people that have a Chalazian have Demodex. Mm -hmm. And the crazy part is that it actually starts in when they're very little. They can come in as seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds, and they're already having Demodex. A lot of people are just thinking that it's an older population disease, which it is. You'll see it heavily. About ninety percent, if you're seventy or older, ninety percent of them will have Demodex. Mm -hmm. And so we got to get to the root cause of the problem while we're young because it's an overgrowth of bacteria. So what happens is the reason why inflammation occurs inside the body. So whatever we're eating, there's something called lectins. So what is a lectin? A lectin is a sticky protein, and lectins are found in all types of plants. So plants have short-term defense mechanisms and long-term defense mechanisms. So what happens is short-term defense mechanisms for a plant is they'll either poison, entrap, or paralyze an insect or whatever's trying to eat them. For larger people or larger animals, 
like ourselves, it creates a toxin in our bodies that will lead to damage way down the road, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years later. So for example, if you were to hold a tomato and grab a tomato from the supermarket, you know, you feel that little sticky residue, that's that lectin protein. Right. So remember all protein, all uh, vegetables or all plants have lectins. The top ones that have them the most are tomatoes, eggplant, zucchini, peppers. So what happens is lectins, they bind to sugars. And when they bind to those sugars, they create what's called zonulin to happen. And what's going to happen inside of your gut? We have the mucosal cells. And what happens is zonulin starts to pick apart that mucus inside of our gut. And so what happens is if you continuously eat products that either are high in lectins or too much sugar, it's causing microscopic holes inside of our gut. And when that happens, we have what's called lipopolysaccharides, which is LPS. So think of LPS as little pieces, I'm not gonna curse here, but little pieces of crap. Little um, LPS is what they are, is that they're outer, they're fragments of bacterial cell walls. They're on the edges of that. So what happens is if there's a hole in your gut, LPS and what's inside your blood is now starting to pour out, outside of that gut barrier, and it's causing havoc, um, it's causing havoc to happen inside of your body. So what's going on now is that what happens is whenever somebody has called leaky gut, which is gastrointestinal permeability, what's happening now is that LPS mimics things that are in our body. So that's what's called molecular mimicry. And so that's why anybody who has an autoimmune disease, they have leaky gut. So autoimmune diseases are like Sjogren's disease, right? Celiac disease rheumatoid arthritis. And who are the patients that have a lot of dry eye problems? Sjogren's disease, rheumatoid arthritis patients. And it's because of the damage that's happening inside our gut. So we have Mm. to strengthen the gut any way possible so that we can give our our body a break. You you kind of got into this. You kind of touched on this. So make that connection of the autoimmune disease with inflammation and so forth to leaky gut again for us. Like why do those people particularly are more likely to have leaky gut? You, you, you said it, but some of us aren't smart enough to have made that connection like me. Yeah, no, no worries. Yeah. So again, all inflammation rises from the gut. So when we have that inflammation, what's happening is it doesn't necessarily have to be leaky gut syndrome. There could be other things that are like, it could be small intestinal bowel disease, but most of the time it's going to be leaky gut because of those microscopic holes that are happening. So it's not just food that we're eating. It could be, let's say, for example, whenever we have a dry eye patient or someone who has a chalazium, we're going to prescribe them most likely an antibiotic. As we know in the healthcare profession, not just in optometry, whenever you prescribe someone an antibiotic, we know what's going to happen. It's going to heal it. But what happens is when you ingest that pill inside of your body, what do you do inside the body? You just created a bomb inside of your gut. So what does that do? <clears throat> when it creates that bomb, you just wiped out all the bad bacteria, which was the goal. But what did you also do? You just created a good. bomb for all the good bacteria. So now if you're a woman, if you have an overgrowth of bacteria, that's why females can sometimes get what's called a yeast infection after they take an antibiotic. So what happens is, is that it's 
it's all tied together. Everything, our entire body is tied together through that. So when that happens, it's going to stem to our eyes, obviously, and it's going to cause dryness to the eyes and other things to happen. Because whenever we give someone an antibiotic, it's just a quick fix. We're not getting to the root cause of the problem. The other crazy thing that most people don't even realize is that when someone takes an antibiotic, you have a 50% chance of increase of developing diabetes. Mm. Most people don't mm-hmm. even know. That. And then diabetes, again, what does it come down to? Dry eye disease, again. It all stems down to the gut. Every type of inflammation is related to the gut. And obviously, we always talk about inflammation, but there's also oxidation as well in our gut and also in our brain. And so Mm -hmm. what do we do to heal our bodies? It's not really through pharmacy, even though pharmacy, we need it so we don't die in in dire needs of something that we actually need. Well, we got to get to the root cause of the problem. So how do we fix things? Well, it's eating less sugar eating more vegetables, minimizing lectins, vitamins and minerals, fish oils. Most people, they kind of touch on it, but they don't really because we're not taught about nutrition in school, especially in medical school. So as, we, as you and I know, as optometrists, the eyes are the windows to the soul, but we're the first people that can actually see the back of the eye non-invasively or see what's happening in the body non-invasively. So we're going to expect that our medical doctors or whoever they're going to go see in the medical field, that they're going to be talking to them about nutrition. It's not happening. And no, most people right. are not seeing a nutritionist either. And so since we have that connection from the eye to the brain, it's in my belief, it's our duty to be talking to people about how to minimize inflammation, talking to them about vitamins and supplements. But again, nothing eats, I mean, nothing beats eating healthy. That is the number one thing. Supplement is more of like a dessert. Changing your lifestyle changes. Because in the past, remember doctors in the past would say smoking is good for you. We all know smoking is not good for you, right? The toxin that's in our body. And what happens is that every no, time Vito, continue- That's the first I've heard that. I, I didn't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. You know, back in the day. But with smoking, right? So that's a toxin, like I said. So it's things that we're just constantly need to 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 change in ourselves, and it's hard to change habits because we're very slow to change. So the new yeah. smoking is now being a sedentary lifestyle. The new sitting down right. and just is the new disease. Yeah, it's being I've heard, I've heard that a little bit recently. Is that inactivity? What what you you shared that you know this needs to be part of our conversation, and so we've just done a refraction. We've got you a new pair of glasses. We've you know, gone through your slit lamp, we, you either, you know, maybe have diabetes or maybe you have dry eye or whatever. In addition to these conversations we're having about those things, how do you slide this in, in your normal conversation? Do you have handouts? What is it that you're doing to say to somebody, Hey, you know, you need to reduce your, you know, your tomatoes and eggplants and zucchini and your sugar. And how do you walk through that, buddy? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. So just like we were to ask, like our history is the number one thing to pretty much get the diagnosis of a patient, right? So if you take a thorough history, you're going to solve the problem before you even look at the slit lamp or look at the back of the eye and things like that. But we're nine out of 10 times or 10 out of 10 times, we're asking the patient, well, what medicines are you on? But are we ever asking them what vitamins do you take, right? So I have that Mm -hmm. start off. What vitamins are you taking? But let's just pretend they take some vitamins. I don't just stop there. I'm going to ask them, okay, who told you to be on that vitamin? Was it a doctor? Was it a nutritionist? Was it your best friend? Was it you? 
I want to know where they got this information from because sometimes too much of a good thing is also a bad thing. Because if you're overdosing on a vitamin, that could also cause problems, right? And so what also happens if you're taking um, prescription drugs that depletes vitamins in your body. So again, we got to get down right. to the root cause of the problem. So vitamin D, as most people know, we're 80 to 90% of the population is vitamin D deficient. I want people on the podcast to know that vitamin D, that D means defense. Remember, I'm into sports and nutrition. Yeah. D is defense. Yeah. So remember with vitamin D, you got three Ds in there. If you are low in vitamin D, that means you have a higher probability of number one, getting dementia, number two, diabetes, and number three, depression. Yeah. Vitamin D is super crucial, especially if you're yeah. darker skin, you actually have less vitamin D in your body. True. Mm -hmm. Right. So that yeah. I'm having that number one conversation. Vitamin D is crucial. Another one that people are not talking about is magnesium. Magnesium is a calming, uh, a calming molecule or calming mechanism. So calcium in our bodies, in our bones, it constricts the muscles. If you were to take magnesium, it relaxes your muscles. It also relaxes your mind, especially if you were to suffer from a concussion. So magnesium is the number one mineral that I talk to people about because people are very low in magnesium. So vitamin D as in dog and magnesium are my top two that I'm usually talking about. Now, going back yeah. to that gut, remember that gut and brain conversation we were having? So yep. we have, obviously, you know, we have neurotransmitters in our body. The two biggest neurotransmitters are serotonin and melatonin. Serotonin, 90% of our serotonin is located in our gut. 70% of our melatonin is located in our gut. So what is serotonin? Serotonin, again, is a neurotransmitter, and it's a happy chemical. It's the happy molecule. If you're low on serotonin, you're going to be more to depression. What do we do melatonin for? It's a circadian rhythm. And so yeah. now the, the biggest topic, again, is blue light and all that stuff. Whenever you have excessive blue light towards the end of the evening, it's going to suppress your melatonin levels, and it's difficult to, for you to sleep at nighttime. So yeah. it comes back to changing our habits. So what is habits that we need to change? Well, number one, we got to know how to eat appropriately. That's number one. Number two, are we talking to our patients about proper sleeping? Because if you don't sleep the appropriate time that you're supposed to, it's supposed to be, according to the Sleep Foundation, seven to nine hours a night. What happens, the importance of sleeping, especially when you're young, is that when you're little or at any point in time, because neurons can sincerely grow, is that growth hormone is being produced while you're sleeping. Also, while you're sleeping, you want to get to your, to your circadian rhythm. That doesn't happen until you get at least 90 minutes of sleep. So when you're sleeping, at least that time interval, again, you want seven to nine hours, but you have what's called a brainwash. So your, your brain will actually shrink while you're sleeping and it flushes the body out. It flushes all the amyloid proteins or tau proteins right. or anything like that so that you can feel rejuvenated when you wake up. So again, if you're getting, depending on if you're the job that the patient has, right? How much do you work nights? Do you work daytimes? Do you work two jobs? Like all that plays a fact. And so what happens is that if you don't, if you're not sleeping the appropriate time, that means you're eating more and you're having more, you're going to have more chances of developing diabetes down the road. Right. Yeah. Right? So, so, so you know, is, yeah, is, is there, is there, um, you know, some resources that you would recommend eye doctors look into if they, 
you know, want to want to dig deeper into any of this? Do, like I said, do you do you give your patients a handout, or how do you get into these conversations with them? Yeah. So depending on their um, symptoms that they're experiencing, they're like, you, you obviously when a patient comes in, they have like four or five, six different medicines. When that happens, you already know the medical system fails, right? At that point, because you're just giving all these pills and they're just constantly coming back and all these pills have side effects. And what are the some of the main side effects? Dry eye disease or all that stuff, right? So it all ties together. So we got to get down to the problem. Most people are just lacking a certain mineral or vitamin. And so what I do is I would actually write a prescription to go see a gastroenterologist. Mm -hmm. And so that's number one that I tell them. And I want you to go and take a look and see what they say. Now, a lot of times gastroenterologists, obviously they're great at their field, but they don't necessarily know the, might not know the nutritional side of things. They know about gastroenterology. So sometimes you want to go to people who actually study functional medicine to actually really get to the root cause of the problem. The only problem is that obviously it's kind of like vision therapy. It's not covered by insurance. So you would have to go and see this functional medicine doctor and they're really going to do different panels on you that no other regular doctor would do. And so I'm usually talking to my patients about that. If if it's your last resort, even though it shouldn't be your last resort, it should be your first resort, but most people are not going to do that because they want to go through their insurance and all that, is to go and get to the root cause because we got to find out what the problem is before you're on all these different medicines. Yeah, I think that's a great recommendation. And, uh, you know, to, to e- even at this point say, uh, you know, I see that there's a lot of medications that you're on. Um, you know, it may be that these aren't getting to the root problem and it may be helpful for us to talk to a nutritionist, to, to talk to somebody who specializes in this Pacific Northwest. We have tons of naturopaths who they, uh, you know, try to get people off medications and get them on, you know, natural things. Let's check your magnesium. Let's check your vitamin D. I mean, I, my, my docs checks all those things constantly on me and you know then looks at how is my gut working with regard to that but we can be a resource to drive those people to better health uh because we understand it but also because we can find those sources i love this gi recommendation that you're giving any any closing thoughts of how do we better help these uh these patients who are on so many medications and dealing, you know, with dry eye with regards to their gut. Closing thoughts of, of other recommendations or something we need to hit on more intensely. The biggest thing is that we're we're creatures of habit. And so what happens is it takes time. It might not be the first, the first time saying it. It might not be the second time saying it. It's the third and fourth recommendation. You're like, all right, doc, I'll I'll finally listen. Cause you, you got to listen to each patient because not every patient is the same, you know? And so we got to be, in my opinion, if a patient says, hey, what's healthy for my eye to take? I feel like if the if the patient has to ask us that, we drop the ball, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. we're the person, people that are saying, hey, this is what's supposed to be healthy for your eyes. This is what you should be taking and eating, right? But the same thing should be not just for the eyes, but for the rest of the body as well. But the problem is that in the medical side of the world, they don't teach the nutrition. It's pharma runs the world. And so we're prescribing drugs and stuff like that. So my closing remarks is you need to, number one, watch your your eating habits, but not just say watch your eating habits. 
recommend what they should and should not be eating. So I usually will give them like a, a list of things that are recommended, not recommended, right? Um, vitamins that they should be on. So as we all know, vitamin C, our lens inside our eyes made up of vitamin C. So the more vitamin C that you have, the less likely you're going to develop cataracts down the road, right? And yeah. then when it comes down to melatonin and serotonin again, which is located in our gut, we need vitamin B as in boy. Vitamin B is known as the stress um, vitamin. And so what mm -hmm. happens is vitamin B6 is actually the one that actually helps to promote or stimulate melatonin and serotonin in our body. Yeah. So vitamin B and C, they're all water soluble. So for any, any girl that's on uh, listening on the podcast, if any of them have taken a uh, the pill, it depletes their B vitamins. Right. Yep. And so I'm always yeah. talking about vitamin supplementation, not just a like not just a multivitamin. That's just that's easy. It's not that. But at, at the end of the day, it's really getting it fully checked out. How what's in your panels? What is your vitamin B levels are? There's things like that that exist out there. Just no one's guiding. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that is the the benefit of some of these other docs in the healthcare system. Find out who they are in your area so you can dig into them. I've got a doc that I refer to, and I know she's going to look into all those sort of things. And it's just so helpful. You know, this is awesome. I mean, I think I could talk to you for another hour or two about <laughs> the gut. Yeah, I'm passionate about wealth it. Wealth of wealth of knowledge in this. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with me on the podcast. No, I appreciate it. Can't wait to do it again. And then I, I see you rocking yeah. it with everybody. So keep doing it. Thanks, buddy. And thank you for joining us for this episode of the OI Show. Make sure to like and subscribe. Stay tuned next time for additional great episodes of the OI Show. Thank you. Mm -hmm.